stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, we'll get back to the phones in a few minutes. I wanted to update a story we told you about uh, last week. The Montoya family that had come to Canada from Colombia back in 2012 came here basically fleeing from Colombia, uh, fearful for their lives because of this Marxist guerrilla group known as FARC. So they've been here since 2012. One of their children was born here in the interim. After some six years of being in Canada, their asylum claim was rejected and they were set to be deported from Canada on Christmas Eve, in fact, a week from today. But this is a family that that not only came here, but really set up a life in Canada, planted roots here in Canada. Uh, They own businesses, they are active volunteers in their community. And we're just going to pull out the rug from under them. Or maybe not, as it turns out. An interesting and significant development in this case today. Joining us uh, for more, very pleased to welcome the program, Global News journalist Brian Hill, uh, who first brought us the story last week. Brian, thanks so much for uh, joining us here again today. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, as I say, some uh, interesting and significant developments in this uh, story. What, What can you tell us? Yeah, so really big news for the family here uh, earlier this afternoon uh, at around 12 o'clock Eastern time. They received a notification from Immigration Canada uh, that uh, the minister, uh, Ahmad Hussein, had intervened in their case and has granted the family uh, temporary residency status and given them work permits as well for the next 18 months so that they'll be allowed to remain in Canada while their applications to stay here permanently are heard. Okay, so this is... Only temporary, so potentially a year and a half from now, they they could be facing uh, the same thing all over again. They could be, but uh, what the family was asking for all along was that their applications to remain here permanently could be heard before they get deported. So as we, as we reported last week, they uh, had applications out with uh, Immigration Canada to stay here on humanitarian grounds, precisely because, as you say, they've been here for for you know, six years, and by no fault of their own, where five of those years were because the government could couldn't get around to actually hearing their case. So they have uh, they have outstanding applications before Immigration Canada to remain here on humanitarian grounds. As you said, one of the, in the interim, they've had a child born here. Uh, one of the family members, Louisa, also got married to a Canadian. Um, so they're waiting for those applications to be heard. And this decision, uh, the granting of an 18-month uh, temporary residency and essentially a stay of their deportation uh, gives uh, Immigration Canada the opportunity to hear that claim, which is what the families wanted all along. But as we talked about last week, the claim had already been rejected, and the position of the uh, Immigration Refugee Board was that uh, conditions had sufficiently improved in Colombia so that FARC was no longer a threat. So what, what has mm-hmm. changed on that front then, potentially? Well, not much in the sense that that still would be the position of uh, the Immigration and Refugee Board. But what what's outstanding is a humanitarian and compassionate grounds application, which has been filed with Immigration Canada. So that's a separate application altogether from the, the original refugee claim. And so what the family is arguing is that, you know, regardless of what the finding was in our refugee claim, 
uh, which was denied, uh, it's unfair to deport us, and it would be inhumane to deport us because we've been in Canada for so long uh, no fault by no fault of our own. And in the meantime, we've, as you said, started businesses. Uh, we've, you know, put down roots here. Kids go to school here. The children, in fact, uh, speak English far better than they speak Spanish. So removing the children and removing the family that is now just so well established, uh, they say would be inhumane and, and cruel. So that that's the application that they're waiting for the government to review. Mm-hmm. But but this is a direct result, then, it would seem, of uh, intervention by the immigration minister. How, how much uh, can the minister intervene here? It's, it's absolutely 100% a direct result of uh, intervention from the minister. So this issue, the, the issuing of the temporary residency permits came directly from the minister's office. Um, so uh, what that does is it, it, it allows them to remain in Canada, means they have legal status in Canada, which means the deportation order that had been, uh, was being acted upon by the Canada Border Service Agencies must now be revoked. Um, so yeah, this is absolutely 100% uh, directly the result of, uh, of, of Im- uh, intervention from the minister's office, which came as a result of the reporting we did last week and the significant public outcry. So that story we did last week was was viewed by more than 350,000 Canadians. There were, we had, uh, you know, an outpouring of support in emails and emails uh, and, and comments on the story, people messaging the Prime Minister's office, the Immigration Minister's office, asking how they can help. And, you know, there were petitions started even to keep this family here in Canada. It's interesting because it took so long to process their claim, and one of the reasons it was rejected, as we talked about, is the assessment that things had changed in Colombia. Might it have been different? I mean, if if the situation was as it was in 2012, and immigration officials had reviewed the claim in 2012, when the conditions existed that they were running from in the first place, might it have been a different story? Yeah, it very well could have been. I mean, it's impossible to say for sure, but yeah, certainly it could have been. And I mean, there are those who argue uh, that the conditions in Colombia have in fact not improved that much. As I I said last time we were here, there's a recent New York Times article, uh, you know, citing uh, the fact that this FARC continues to recruit and train new members. So, there is some debate, at least out there, whether or not things have actually improved in Colombia. There's millions of displaced people in Colombia. Violence is still very commonplace in Colombia, including extortions and other sorts of things, which is what the Montoyas were alleging. So, um, you know, if their claim had been heard five years ago, you're right, the decision may very well have been different. Um, you know, I think we this really sort of raises the issue of what happens now with the remaining legacy claims, quote-unquote, as they're called. So anyone who submitted a claim before 2012, there are still hundreds of them, about 800 still remaining. So is this a, you know, a sign of things to come for those, com- com- those claims that are still outstanding? Very interesting. So a uh, significant development today. Uh, and as you say, there was a tremendous response to this story, which um, perhaps is, is why. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for the update on this. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. That is uh, Brian Hill, Global News uh, journalist, uh, who brought the story last week as an exclusive for Global News. Uh, As he mentioned, there was a tremendous response. More than 350,000 people read the story. Uh, There was a petition started by a Toronto radio host received over 1,200 signatures. So the government has intervened. It's, It's not a permanent resolution here for the family. 
but they are not going to be deported from, from Canada, and they're certainly not going to be deported on Christmas Eve next week. So the Montoyas received an email from the government this afternoon saying the immigration minister had intervened on their behalf, granting them temporary residency and working permits in Canada for the next 18 months. That gives Canadian immigration officials time to hear the family's pending appeals to remain in Canada on a permanent basis. So ultimately, that may still be rejected. But they will have time to have their appeals heard. They, they are kind of victims of circumstance here in that they came here in 2012. They say they had valid reasons for coming in 2012. The claim was not heard for more than five years after the fact. So that speaks to problems with the system. And that those problems are indeed being exacerbated at the moment uh, by some of these asylum seekers coming across from the United States into Canada. So at least good news for the Montoyas. be interesting to see what comes of all of this. And by the way, regarding those uh, border-crossing asylum seekers, uh, the numbers for November have dropped to their lowest levels in over a year. New, uh, newly published federal data shows 1,019 were apprehended by the RCMP crossing into Canada between official border crossings last month. That was 375 fewer than the previous month and continued a downward trend that began earlier this fall. Uh, That's encouraging. I mean, it is still a large number of cases to process and the cost associated with that. Uh, But it is encouraging that those numbers are starting to come down. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.